Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Happy Friday from the BWI Daily Edition. There's a bunch of great stuff coming up this weekend, including Thawne. But a new tradition here on Friday on the BWI Daily Edition is the top five list. We've done this a couple weeks now, and the demand is going through the roof. So this week, what we're doing is the top five moments in Penn State football under head coach James Franklin. This list curated by none other then Ryan Snyder. That's coming up on the BWI Daily Edition. Maybe it's because it's Friday. But I always look forward to the Friday show. We have a lot of fun on the show. We do a lot of different stuff, whether it's Ryan Snyder's best bets or our new top five segment. Ryan, you are becoming a straight-up entertainer, my journalist friend. People are coming to you for fun. <laughs> Happy Friday, buddy. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I wish, you know, as a recruiting reporter, there was a little more to talk about from that perspective. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's I'll take a little downtime. I know the coaches are enjoying a little downtime. They, I, I think the staff, I think a few of them got a vacation about two weeks ago. And I know last weekend they had a little a weekend off. And, like, those they never get a weekend off. Like, ever, ever, ever. It's literally an everyday job. So, uh, just they, they deserve it too in their family. So uh, happy those guys get a little bit of a break. But that means we got to fill podcasts with different ideas and different thoughts. And uh, when you're doing five a day, they can't all be, uh, you know, new news or, or, you know, topics of the of the right now. So uh, looking back on, on some different moments and, and some things that stood out to me, at least, uh, I think you guys will enjoy this. 
And by the way, there is always something. There's always some sort of news, but that's at bluewhiteillustrated.com. You sign up right now, $29.99 for now until the start of the college football season, and then you'll get premium access to the recruiting information when it does fire up. Because even when Ryan and I talk on Fridays or the recruiting show, maybe that's 5 10% of the information you guys get and that is at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Is that a fair percentage of what really gets out here on the show? It just depends on the on the week. I mean, there's I would say there's some weeks where we put a little bit more than 5% out, but uh, that's just when there's you know not a lot going on. You talk about whiteout week. Uh, yeah, we're, we're trying to keep a, a lot of that behind the paywall. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously we're, we're trying to always balance that, right, on making sure our shows are entertaining and there's a reason for people to watch and listen while also making sure that everybody who pays us uh, gets their money's worth as well. So, I mean, to me, it's, it's not always about the information. It's about the board and the message boards and uh, just shooting the blank over whatever it may be, yeah. you know? So uh, that's, that's where I think like in February and March and times like this, uh, that's where I think those sites, our sites have the most value is just uh, the community perspective and whether it's talking about, you know, Duke, North Carolina, whatever's on, you know, Saturday for college hoops. Maybe someday it'll be Penn State, you know, uh, in a Big Ten championship for a hoop setting. Maybe, hopefully someday. But uh, I don't know. That's, to me, when I was growing up and I was on message boards, that's that's what I enjoyed most about the offseason. Well, I, I think that uh, there's always a place for a top five list. There's always a place for a sports debate. We don't really do sports debatey stuff on the show, but I think that this is a, a, a fun little dip into this. What we're going to be doing is the top five moments under James Franklin at Penn State. And uh, Ryan came up with this list. I think this is a great idea. Um, right off the bat, when you get through the list, if you like it or if you don't like it, let us know in the comments what moment wasn't on the list. What moment do you think should have been number one, number five, all that great stuff. And while you're at it, while you're typing your internet fumes into the, the chat so that Ryan can know he's wrong, like the video. Uh, and of course, subscribe to Blue White Illustrated. We are now single digits away from 10,000. By the time you're seeing this, I'm hoping we'll be over 10,000 subscribers, a huge milestone that I'm going to get tattooed on my shoulder. Oh, really? No. I can't wait no, to see that. <laughs> absolutely not. No, I'm not a tattoo person. Uh, that is absolutely not going to happen. But what is going to happen is right now we're getting to number five. Number five. When T. Frank and I were chatting about this uh, throughout this morning, it was, you know, do we look at just games or do we look at moments? And, and how do you separate the two and what's most important? Um I think another time we'll definitely look at games, uh, looking at, you know, maybe next week, who knows, you know, at some point we'll, we'll specifically look at the five games, but to me moments uh, can be looked at different ways. And for number five, for me, I thought the 2014 recruiting class, of course I'm the recruiting guy, right? So, you know, I got to get a little recruiting in there. <laughs> I thought that that's a moment we have to talk about because I think when fans look back, they look at the 2018 class, right? They look at the 2015 class, Saquon Barkley. Of course, that 2018 class had Micah Parsons. I mean, those those classes were a little more high profile, got a little more attention. But let's let's go back to 2013. Let's go back to 2014 and remember everything that's going on, okay? Obviously, Bill O'Brien leaves quickly. Uh, Penn State's just starting to come out of the sanctions. Uh, boom, O'Brien leaves, goes the uh, to the NFL. All understandable. And, and James Franklin comes in. So Bill O'Brien had... A little bit of momentum at the time from a recruiting perspective 
what's going to happen after O'Brien leaves? No one knows. And, and, and as someone who tries to cover this and someone who's followed other schools and things like that too, uh, usually you see classes blow up at this time uh, or, or, or new coaches struggle to add guys, whatever it may be. Look back at the, the, the talent of that 2024 class. And of course, you won't have to because I, I already did. I'm going to label them all for you. <laughs> we got wide receiver Chris Godwin. We have tight end Mike Kosicki. We have linebacker Troy Reader, who, of course, ended up going to Delaware, but he's still in the NFL today. Yeah, plays with uh, the Rams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, safety Troy Apke, of course, got drafted. Mm-hmm. Safety Nick Scott, of course, still playing. Trace McSwirly, who Penn State, of course, had. Uh, Jace Franklin, of course, had committed to Vanderbilt, brings him over. And then the list keeps going, guys. Uh, Amani Oriuare and Jason Cabinda. So I just think that when you look back uh, at everything that was going on during that time, James Franklin just gets hired. Okay, he's got to move his family to State College. He has to put together a coaching staff at State College. And then you also consider the fact that leading up to that point, you know, you look at the end of Joe Paterno's tenure, the the sanctions and everything that goes on. I mean, recruiting momentum. I mean, Penn State fans are big time, so or diehard fans. So we were always talking about recruiting. But the momentum or whatever you want to call it at that time, it was very stagnant. I mean, recruiting yeah. wasn't like it is right now and, and you know how excited uh, fans can get. I just think looking back on this class, which ranked number 22 in the country, this was a moment. This was a moment that we can point to to success down the road and, and just everything that he was – because James got hired on, I think it was like January 11th, something like that. And, of course, yeah. uh, signing day – uh, at the time, you know, there was no early signing period. So it was only a couple of weeks away. Uh, so just, you know, the, the fact that they were able to hit the road, uh, keep this class together, add guys like, uh, I think, Amani they added. Uh, Trace, of course, they added. I can't remember if Jason was committed at the time. But, you know, a couple of those guys they added to. And then, of course, you keep Chris Godwin and Mike Kosicki and all those guys together. Uh, it's a massive moment that sets the floor, sets the uh, the table for everything moving forward. Yeah, was was Grant Haley part of that class? I think as well because he was one of oh. the guys that came up from yes. Vanderbilt with James Franklin. Yes, yes, good call. Yeah, I left Grant out of that. I don't know how I left Grant out of that, but yeah, Grant. You know what? I'm looking at my list right now. I have Trace McSwirly listed twice, <laughs> so I think that's what it was. I knew there were fair uh, enough. I think it was eight or so. <laughs> yeah, I just listed Trace uh, too many times, but yeah, no, Grant should be in that spot. Uh, but what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now I think that's nine NFL guys yeah. that that came out of that class and. Uh, of course, you know, everybody's had l- different levels of success, but uh, it was just, again, I, in my eyes, it's a massive moment. One of my favorites in this uh, class, by the way, was Jason Kaminda, just to, to cover, like, a deeply intense and intelligent person. He made the switch from linebacker to fullback in the NFL. And, like, you, th- so when you see that, you're like, oh, man, that's a bummer. Like, you think his career is over because most people can't make that transition. Most people don't have, like, the... The, the t- they're not afforded the time to do that. He did it and did it quickly for the Lions and has become, you know, like a regular on special teams and a guy that has been a contributor to that team for a couple of years now. So uh, even the guys, as you mentioned, lower down in this class as far as profile, uh, very successful people. 2014, that uh, recruiting class. And James Franklin came in with, I think, promise, but it wasn't like he was a high-profile hire, right? I mean, he was a guy that everyone thought was an up-and-coming coach, but nothing had been proven with what he was as a, as a coach at that point. So yeah, momentum sure. changing, I think, is a really good way to, to put that one. There were a lot of people, too, 
I don't think questioning James. Like I, I think most fans liked it, but just remember the SEC East landscape at the time. Georgia mm-hmm. was absolutely down. Tennessee yep. was down. Florida was down. So there were a lot of people questioning. You know, did James Franklin, you know, coming out of the SEC to East, did he earn it like other coaches really earned it uh, at that time? So of yeah. course James has proven. I, I think to just about everybody now that uh, he, he deserves to to rank where he ranks in in that. Uh, um, I don't want to say Pantheon, but whatever the, the ranking you yeah. want to put it for top college coaches. Top 10, top 15 coaches in, yeah, in college football. for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, hey, but one thing before we move on, you mentioned Jason Gabinda. I, I, one thing I always talk to people, like people always enjoy like stories looking back and recruiting and stuff. And Jason was one of the guys in that class that I became pretty close with like well before he got a Penn State offer. And it was just, it was always cool. Like he would always text me, you know, got a Syracuse offer, got a Rutgers offer, got a Boston College offer. And you know, I was one of the guys in the area, so I'd always update his profile, casually talk with him. And he was one of those guys that was always like, man, if I could just get a Penn State offer, like, it'd mean the world to me. Like, almost as if he was like, like, I was a coach. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of guys do that. Like, they think, like, I can help them and I can't. But I just yeah. always remember, like, we talked a lot for a couple months leading up. And I just always really liked the kid. He was so polite. Like, everything you'd want. If you had a daughter, like, you wanted to date a guy like Jason, right? So, just anyway, when when he gets that offer, I just remember, you know, as a journalist, you know, you're, you're a neutral or whatever you want to call it. But, like, deep down, I was like, I was really, really excited for Jason at the time. Because I just knew how much it meant to him. And then, of course, he goes on, has an excellent career. He's still in the NFL today, I believe. And, yep. uh, you know, just as, as classy as an individual can get. So just one of those things I remember, cause I don't remember a lot of things from 10 years ago, but I always remember <laughs> those messages and, and things and, uh, just getting to know Jason on the side and then just how much that meant to him to finally get that Penn state offer. Yeah. I've realized recently, I don't have a great memory. I don't remember things from two Terrible. or three years ago, let alone 10 years ago. I'm so bad. So bad. All right, let's, let's move get, on. Let's get to number four. Number four. So we do have to get some games in here, I think. And for me, I went with the the Fiesta Bowl for this one at net number four. Uh, just a couple of things. Obviously, they lose the Rose Bowl the year before. Uh, they lose some players, but a good amount of players came back, of course. Uh, and I just thought, you know, obviously, one, it's James Franklin's first uh, power or um, New Year's Six bowl win after losing the Rose Bowl the year before. You know, send in Saquon. Saquon playing in that game. Uh, obviously, yeah. he didn't play the kind of snaps that he played in some previous games, but obviously had a a very good performance. And I just think uh, it meant a lot for James to get that first New Year's Six win. Of course, the the previous year ends with a little bit of a low, the losing the USC and the Rose Bowl. So it was kind of like a redemption game, right? Uh, You know, this was a great team for Penn State. They they blew that Ohio State game, of course. Uh, You know, there was always kind of questions on, uh, did they they miss out on on where they should have, um, the previous year, I guess, obviously they missed out on the playoff, but like, should, should that a team have been better, I guess? And, and we can still yeah. argue that to this day, but, uh, to me, yeah. I just, that the, the, the road or the, the Fiesta Bowl win, sending Barkley out on top and, and, uh, you know, some of the other guys there that, uh, really kind of changed Penn State and the trajectory of Penn State. I just thought that, that was a, that was a moment that has to be on this list and, and you can put it in different areas. I put it at number four. I find that, Fiesta Bowl, super fascinating because it's a win, right? But you remember the 16 Rose Bowl more than you remember the 17 Fiesta Bowl for mm-hmm. the game that it was. And yet, I think you make a good point that the the um, 
the Fiesta Bowl winning that game does mean something. That you didn't go 0-2 in the Rose Bowl than the Fiesta Bowl with that 2014 class in 2015. What you just outlined of the talent you had amassed. You got a, a decisive win over another Power 5 school in the Fiesta Bowl in a, another really fun game. So these, you know, calling these moments, I think they're important, and you've you've laid out some really good ones because these are the things that help build the program. Like, yes, every game and every day and every recruit matters, but sometimes it comes to a head, and you do have uh, two paths you can go down, and it usually is in some pretty high-profile games, or as you've pointed out a couple of times here, with some pretty high-profile players, situations, classes. Mm -hmm. Um, so that Fiesta Bowl win, I think, is a really important one to put on this list. Uh, what else stands out to you about that game? Because to me, the the thing that was interesting was when I think about the 2017 Fiesta Bowl, I think about the end of that era, really. The mm -hmm. Barkley, Godwin, Joe Moorhead era. And then you think 2018 was not nearly as good of a year. So that, to me, like, the, the Fiesta Bowl kind of ends one era, one chapter in the James Franklin Penn State saga. Was that Deshaun Hamilton's final year? I think it was Deshaun's I, final year. I, I think, think he it came, was. No, no, no. He came, he came back, I think, for 2018. Oh, he played. He was the number one receiver in 2018. Right. I always mix that up. Like, 2017 game, but then it's the 2017 yeah. season. I do mix that up. You're right. He did come back. Uh, for that following season. I mean, I just remember like some of the performances. Obviously, I mean, Barkley had like 130 plus yards, two touchdowns. I know remember that one big long run he had. Yep. Uh, I actually, I just pulled up the stats here so I just make sure I got them correctly. You know, Trace had a decent game there. 32 for for 41 with two scores, uh, three for 342 yards. Did have two interceptions. I remember that one interception was uh, you know, certainly one he'd like to have back, but, uh, you know, just, uh, I just, you know, getting that first new year six win, it matters. Uh, and especially the way they blew that game the year before. I mean, just yeah. think about if you're a Penn state fan, how many of you think about any Rose bowl or any bowl loss more than you think about that Rose bowl loss? Like that's the only big bowl loss that people even think about. No one thinks about 2008, when they got smacked against USC like that, I guess yeah. my point is just like winning, winning is what people remember, obviously. And, and yep. for that to be James Franklin's first New Year's six bowl win, uh, that's why it deserves a spot on this list. The, the, the year before and, and just the way that game was lost, it, it left a bad taste in people's mouth. And then the way they blow the Ohio state game as well on the road yeah. in the fourth quarter, you know, they're just, there was this taste of like, you know, we're so close, but so far it feels like, and not that Washington was a yeah. world beater or anything, but you still get that win in the Fiesta Bowl. It, it really yeah. meant something uh, to James and, and the whole team moving forward. And yeah, they've had some ups and downs since then, but that, that was a big moment. Yeah, Washington, not a complete team by any means, but also they had some guys that went on to the NFL. Byron Murphy, Vita Vea, Greg Gaines, all these are guys are starters in the NFL. That was a really good defense, and Penn State made them look not very good during that game, but that's when you have Saquon Barkley, who can run 91 yards and break two angles on the safety that had the whole field to run, that's what you get. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. 
change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware. Okay, coming in at number three. Number three. So this is going to be higher on other people's list. And we'll explain why it's not as high on mine in a little bit. Uh, but I'm going to go with the, the Big Ten Championship over Wisconsin. Uh, that was one of the most entertaining games ever. And yes. I, what I what I remember is I chose not to go. And I to this day, I am like mad about it. Like I really wish I would have went to that game. I had a lot of friends out there who were like, wait, you didn't come to Penn State's first like Big Ten Championship game? Like what's wrong with let, let you? Me, and, let me stop you. Go ahead. It's the one game I've been to. I've been oh, to really? <laughs> no games. I went to Rutgers in 2016 or 17 or something like that. And then I went to the Big Ten Championship game. It's the only game I've been to because my siblings were going. My sister and my brother-in-law were going. So I got a free hotel and ride. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those ones I certainly wish looking back uh, that I would have been there. Uh, and I, I went to the Rose Bowl then like just because I missed this game. Like it was... Yeah. I just remember, like, I wasn't even playing really good the Rose Bowl either, and I was like, "Wait a minute, what am I doing here? Like, I have to go do this." So, uh, but long story short, I mean, just just it's the it's the trophy that means the most to James Franklin, in my opinion. But yes, they won the Rose Bowl this year, the Fiesta Bowl, uh, great win, Cotton Bowl, another big win. I think if you could ask James Franklin what trophy means the most to him, I think he would take this trophy, uh, beating Utah, beating Memphis, beating Washington. They're all important. They're big moments. But beating Ohio State, well, I guess they didn't tech, wait, they beat Ohio State. They didn't beat Michigan. Yeah. But beating them to a championship, yes, in my opinion, means more than a single Rose Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, whatever you want to call it. So to me, that's the most important trophy James Franklin has won so far. Uh, everything, I mean, with the, with the uh, conference uh, divisions about to be redone, I think they're going to have a better chance of getting there moving forward. Uh, and, and, and to me, it just was a massive moment and a hell of a game. Like that was one of the most fun. Uh, yeah. it was the kind of the opposite then of the Rose bowl. The Rose bowl was an incredible fun game. It just didn't go in Penn state's direction. But, uh, of course, trace, I think trace threw for just under 400 yards and four touchdowns. Barkley didn't have a crazy, uh, rushing performance, uh, but he still had a score. I think it was like, yeah. uh, like 80 ish yards. Well, he had the 20 yard touchdown over TJ Watt in the end. Oh, zone. the wheel, wheel route. route, the wheel the route, route that, yeah, yeah, no one will ever forget for sure. Yeah. But I mean, uh, say black, no had 155 yards and two scores. And, uh, I thought Kasik, did Kasiki have a score? I thought he had like a, a, a pretty nice catch. I think he had like a 30 plus yard touchdown score or something like that as well. But, uh, you know, just, just one of those big moments, man. And that's again, I, I think, as important as those bowl wins are, if I would, and this is a question I should ask James one time. What's your most important trophy to you? You know what? Yeah. We're going to ask him that this spring, and I'm going to see if I can get an answer. Because I, uh, I would, to me, it'd be the Big Ten Championship, but maybe yeah. I'm wrong. You know, just funny thinking about these games. For a guy that does not have a great arm, Trace McSorley could sling it, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> the number of big plays that he made in games where the ball just got to the guy in time. And then somebody makes a play, runs, breaks a tackle. That was the height of entertainment. Uh, you know, Joe Moorhead's offense was super fun to watch. I love it. Going on, I wish going we could on go back two? to that. I wish I could go back to that game and, and be there. That's all I remember from it. Yes. No, I mean, I remember a lot from it, but I remember not going and watching that comeback. And I was like, what the hell were you doing, Ryan? Why did you not go? But anyway, oh, that's, people don't that's care right. anymore. 
That was also the that was also the year of the second half team where they were they were just couldn't do anything in the first half and then they'd score thirty five points in the third quarter. Like their their scoring margin in the third quarter that year was bananas. Yeah, okay. they were down twenty eight to fourteen and then scored and then outscored them twenty four to three in the in the in the uh, second half. So let's get to number two. Number two. Here's where I'm switching things up. I'm going with signing Drew Aller. Yes. A guy who hasn't proven really anything yet as the second most important moment in James Franklin's tenure. It's very simple. Penn State has had a lot of success at a lot of positions. This is the one position that they are still trying to take a new another step in. I know you had Hackenberg. I know you had really. I know you had other top guys. I get to, I'm fortunate enough where I get to talk to people that I trust in Lash, and there are a lot of people who truly believe that Drew Aller is going to be the answer. And I'm if you go you go back and re watch a lot of our podcasts and things I've written, I am definitely someone who tries to tamper the expectations most of the time. Yeah. Hey, let's let's see what happens here first before we start predicting uh playoff first. But man, every time I talk to people, I mean, it's the common phrase. We talked about this last time. Like, Drew gets it. Drew sees the field unlike anyone that they've had, uh, you know, that's able to, to read things and process defense and all that like that. So uh, this is this is the guy that, that has to take Penn State to the next level. This is the guy that they hope that will lead them to a playoff berth. Maybe this year, but, you know, 2024, especially when it expands to 12 teams. And look, this was the one position that they weren't able to 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 get a top guy and to make it to get a difference maker. Drew out this. We may look back on this list in a couple of years and be like, Ryan, what were you thinking? You know, putting this over the Big <laughs> yeah. Ten championship, and and you should see what my next one's going to be. By the way, but it's kind of the same thing. But uh, you know, maybe maybe I'll be wrong with it. But I just think the expectations, the excitement, uh, and knowing you know how how much I guess is expected of him, but also how much he's delivering uh, behind the scenes, at least in, in people that I talk to's eyes. Uh, man, I, I, I think the excitement now exceeds what we had coming out of that, that Rose Bowl season uh, previously. Not yeah. this year, but you know, what year is that? 2016. You, you make a good point that I'm always hesitant from what you see in high school to then be like, oh yeah, that's going to translate to college because you know, the offense he was running in high school was built around him and his skills. And there was mm -hmm. some really good stuff in there. There are some things that make you feel like his movement in the pocket, you wow sort of stuff. You know, I, I think I harped early on his accuracy and uh, his throwing motion. And then you come to find, like, he's changing it. Like, his junior year to his senior year, he's been working on changing his throwing motion, becoming this complete quarterback. And it's always the the leap, you know, the fear of being wrong. Um, some people love to be early on these things. Uh, you know, I think most of us that, that view our word as hopefully credible are like, hold on, maybe not. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I just, it's fascinating the way you've, you know, talked about that and, You've led me to think maybe I need to be a little more optimistic about Drew Aller. Maybe I need to spin these in a more positive light when viewing his his start to next season. It's hard to do, and I'm always I again I genuinely am always a tamper the brakes. Let's yep. see it before we buy it. But I just everybody, I mean, 
you know, there's, I'm not going to say he deserved to play over Sean or anything, but like it's that what I'm talking about has nothing to do with high school. Like just from what they've yeah. seen from him in practice, like they, they have fully bought in that he is going to be able to do this, to take them to a new level. And Hey, again, we got to see it when the, when the lights are the brightest and there's a hundred plus thousand people uh, inside Ohio stadium and, and he's able to do it on that kind of a stage. But uh, man, there's just so much excitement about him, and and uh, yeah, he has to prove it as a full time starter. But in practice and things like that, he's absolutely proving it. And and honestly, I mean, people I speak with, like they're, I do believe, like they're truthful. Like they let me know when, like, hey, you need to pump the brakes here. We don't want uh, false expectations out there. And I, I get yeah. that kind of feedback all the time and that's that's just not the feedback that we're getting here on Aller so only time will tell I, I swear I'm, I'm not trying to be somebody that's going to inflate everyone's heads and get everybody crazy excited I try not to do that but man I, I can't help it with Drew Aller it's a top five list it has to have controversy that's how you get the that's how you do it that's the secret so let's go to number one which I don't know if this is controversial or not but it's number one number one It's this year's Rose Bowl win, and I'll just say why. Because it, it, it's the same thing as Drew Aller. We're talking, it's the same thing. You just look back at the last two years. I, I did not have high expectations for this past season. And I know, yes, they lost to Michigan. They lost to Ohio State. But I also have done this now for over a decade. I've been on these message boards for a long time. And I do believe that the excitement, uh, the feeling that Penn State is back is really, truly here now. And I mean, I, I know things like S&P plus ratings and stuff like that. They don't mean crap. But I mean, dude, Penn State was just ranked fifth the other day in, in the first plus rating of the year. Like, I mean, the expectations for this upcoming season all go back to this win uh, over Utah. So, you know, this isn't as big of a trophy as the Big Ten Championship. And you can even make a case that, you know, I, there, there were previous New Year's Six teams that would probably beat this last year's team. But it has put Penn State in a position now to to take the program to the level that fans want it to be. And I don't know if that's going to be this year with the four-team playoff, but winning this game, you know, having another good year next year, which I mean, I think absolutely we're all going to predict at least 10 wins next year, right? Maybe they can get over yeah. the hump and beat one of the other oh, yeah. two yeah. East juggernauts. But, I mean, Penn State's back. And that and that wasn't something we were really talking about before, before that win over Utah. We were saying... Yeah. They're they're doing you know they've gotten better but they're still they still need to beat these you know two teams and maybe they won't be able to beat them these next few years but you know with that twelve team playoff coming I just think the momentum that they are going to get out of this or the momentum we're already seeing you add Drew Aller into it you have an offensive line that has plenty of senior leadership coming back uh, you have the running backs I mean I know Nick Singleton's not Saquon Barkley but he's pretty damn good. Uh, yeah. As is Katron Allen. I mean, you got to prove it with the receivers still. And and there are going to be guys that uh, need to be replaced on defense. But to me, this the excitement has not been this high in a very long time. And then when you add in those past two seasons, losing records in the Big Ten, yeah. uh, boy, things have changed over the last, I mean, you could say over the last year, but I would say over the last couple of months. It, it's, we talked about this after the game of is this a legacy cementing sort of win for James Franklin? Because, you know, he won a lot of games so far, 100 win club, which is a rarefied error in his career, but being so successful at Penn State and doing it 
you know, that 2016 season getting to that point so quickly. Um, but the major bowl victories were not necessarily there. Memphis, you know, like winning the Cotton Bowl. Then you've got this, and I I don't care if it's Utah and you don't think Utah's USC and if you don't think Utah is, you know, in the same league, they are, you you know, they beat USC twice. So, like, they are one of the top 10, 15 programs in America. They've also been climbing that ladder to establish themselves in the same area. And Penn State won that game and got a Rose Bowl victory for the first time since the 90s, you know? Like... The Rose Bowl, while the Rose Bowl is still a thing and still matters in the way that it has over the course of its entire existence, Penn State got a got a win with James Franklin, which they had not done in so long. So I think people tend to, I I feel like people kind of downplayed that win. And as much as you're saying like it was a big momentum win and it was something that Penn State is back, you still have that pocket of people that says yeah, but as you referenced in in what you were saying, for it's sure. Like, but no. They won the Rose Bowl. I don't care what mm-hmm. you say. They won the Rose Bowl. That is at least a, a legacy-defining moment, if not a springboard for 23 and all the optimism you talked about with Drew Aller in your top two. Yeah, it's just for me, it's just all optimism moving forward. That's all I'm yeah. trying. Like, you, you can put that where you want, and, and you can show me different games that matter more than that, and I probably won't push back on it. I just look at that moment and everything I've seen since then has this fan base as excited as they've been since I've been covering the team since 2010. So I just think, again, it's kind of like the Aller thing. Like we can look back on this in two years and be like, that was stupid. And Hey, I'll raise my (laughs) hand if it is. But I just think with the 12 team playoff coming, you know, getting that momentum, which will start you rank, will you know, they'll be ranked very high next year. Yes. They have to, they have to beat Michigan or house. They have to, those games matter more than any games in the world, and I, and I get that. They matter more than the Rose Bowl uh, in, in, in many ways. But uh, Penn State is on course to be a playoff team their first year of the expanded playoff, and who knows where this upcoming season will go. But I just think that from that moment, things have really changed. I mean, just think of like, like I wouldn't even – if they would have went to the Cotton Bowl and played Tulane, like I don't yeah. even think we'd – like this wouldn't yeah. even be a discussion. I just think – like everything has kind of changed off of this win, and I don't just just from reading fans, man. I don't, I can't remember a time where people were as excited. Like even even a couple of years ago, like I like Penn State was expected to do good. Yeah, they weren't really expected to have the season that they did. They capitalized with the Rose Bowl win. They have a a quarterback that everybody thinks is going to take them to a new level now. And hey, we got to see how it plays out. So maybe I'm just drumming up people to subscribe for $29.99 to Blue White <laughs> Illustrator for the next six months, seven, eight months. Maybe, maybe that's part of it. No, I'm you kidding, were ki- of course. But... If it was, you were killing it till you pointed it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's how I am. I, I, uh, yeah, I, I know what you're saying though. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just think, man, the excitement is unlike any level right now. And I mean, even me, I, I, I'm... I'm incredibly excited for next season. I'm I'm usually more of the like, hey, slow down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Let me go enjoy, you know, some family time and the season will come when it comes. I I can't wait for next fall. I'm really excited to see Drew Aller, the progression and, and so many things that appear to be lining up really well for Penn State. So that's Ryan's top five. What do you think? Give your thoughts in the comments. And of course, you can always let us know. BlueWhiteIllustrated.com and the Lions Den message forum on the chat thread there as well. I've got a top five. 
but we're not doing it here on the show. My top five posted at bluewhiteillustrated.com earlier this afternoon. It is the top five. I'm ranking the positions on offense for next fall. Number one will surprise you. And that's not just a tease. Like, it surprised me when I was looking at, you know, I break it down by criteria. The talent, like the starters specifically, but also the talent of the room, the depth of the room, and then the chance for growth, positional growth. The number one position, I I think you're going to want to check that out. BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. Subscribe here on the YouTube channel. If you're listening on the podcast version, um, full steam ahead. Salute to you guys. Like Our numbers are just doing crazy for February, which, as Ryan pointed out, is one of the slower months of the year. So thank you, and I love you all. If you want to get a uh, question on the weekly mailbag show, Leave a five-star review plus your question in the comments section, and we'll get that on the show. That's either Wednesday or Thursday, depending on whether we get a guest for next Wednesday. Working on some great ones for next week, so please stay tuned and subscribe. Ryan, thanks so much. That'll do it for Friday's Top 5. I'm T. Frank. We will be back on Monday. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed it's time to go dancing on america's number one sports book right now new customers get 200 in bonus bets if your first five dollar bet wins on fanduel that's 200 bucks to use on point spreads money lines you can even pick who's going to win it all just visit fanduel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.